The voice was unmistakable. Bill? Jerry? I know this seems out of the blue, but I need to meet. Now. What's going on? I don't want to talk about it on the phone. I just need to meet up as early as possible. Of course. Are you alright? Something terrible happened, Bill. I need to get my head on straight. I can meet you at the quarry in 40 minutes. Thanks. See you then. What's going on, bud? You sounded frantic on the phone. They killed Jeff. Who's Jeff? He was this guy I worked with. And who killed him? I'm flabbergasted. None of this is making sense. How could they have known? (laughs) Known what? Jerry, calm down. Tell me what's going on. Maggie, Karen, Jeff, Michael. Who else, huh? Damn it! Jerry, this isn't helping. Take a deep breath and tell me what's going on. And you! Who the hell are you supposed to be, bud? (laughs) Jerry! Who are you, Bill? Who the hell are you? (laughs) Only... Friend, you've got... left. Damn! What do I do now? I know it's a lot to take in, but... Stop it, Bill. I need you to just shut up for a minute. Let me think. They've been following me this whole time. Would you mind telling me what's going on, Jerry? Remember, my life's on the line here, too. They killed Jeff. And who was Jeff? I don't even know how to explain it. He was this guy I worked with. His name wasn't even Jeff. Good lord. I can't even remember what his name was. Well, who do you think did it? The same organization that went after me and you? I don't know. I think so. He did tell me he was hired to watch me. Well, who was he working for, bud? Jerry looked at Bill. Could he trust him? I don't know. He didn't have the time to tell me. Bill... Have you ever heard of something called Station Zero? Station what? Zero. Have you heard of it? I can't say I have. Should I? They asked me about it at the reviews right before they played this hideous noise. Oh, I get it. So Jeff's the one that slipped the laxative into your coffee. Well, I thought you hated him for that. Yeah, I did, but it turns out he saved my life. And I got that poor man killed. It wasn't your fault. I mean, how do you know that they weren't onto him to begin with? Trust me. The kind of character he was playing would fool anybody. Are you sure you're all right? You look like you're about to lose it, bud. How could I be all right? Everybody I know is not who they should be. My wife, my son. How am I supposed to keep my head clear in all this muck? Look, you don't have a choice. You've got to keep it together. How else are you going to get through all this? Now, there really isn't any time to spare, so are you ready to go like we talked about? I can get you out of the state, but from there you'd have to be on your own. Stop, Bill. Look, we can talk about the rest of this later, bud. We really should be going. Bill, I'm not going. (laughs) You've got to be kidding me. They're coming for you, Jerry. And God knows what they're going to do to you as soon as they get you. I can't go. It's not how this is going to end. Jerry, buddy, this isn't the time to be stubborn. 
You, you can't understand me, right? Uh, enough. I've made up my mind, and that's that. I mean, tell me this. What if I do get away, huh? What am I supposed to do? Start a new family? Begin a new life? As who? I don't know, bud. These are tough decisions. Sometimes that's what it takes to stay alive. And, and what about being free? There is no freedom from this, Bill. I believed I had a life. I believed I was in love. I believed I was a father. How can I ever be free from that? Nope. I'll never be free. Who knows if I ever was? You could debate the philosophical consequences of this all day, Jerry, but it doesn't change the fact that it's all a lie. Do I really need to remind you that you're already pretending to be someone you're not? I'm not pretending to be anybody. It's everyone else who's pretending. As far as you know, anyway. So what are you going to do, huh? Sit down and just wait for them to come and take you away? Nope. What I am going to do, Bill, is I'm going to go home. I'm going to go home and walk up to the woman I remember as my wife and kiss her like it's the last time I'll ever see her. Then I'm going to go over and hug my son and tell him that no matter what happens, I love him. And then... I guess I'll get to that when I get to that. Jesus, Jerry, you've lost it. Listen to me. You have to leave. This is not debatable. Goodbye, Bill. Jerry, think about it. Thanks for everything. Jerry! Yeah, it's me. He's on his way. Ben. Jerry didn't say a word. Oh, why are you all right? She smelled just like she did all those years ago. Jerry, honey, are you okay? You're scaring me. Shh. Her heartbeat seemed so familiar. How many had he known in those years? I love you. I love you too. Daddy? Come here, little man. Jerry knelt down. I love you, Michael. I always will. Michael felt frail in his arms. Is there something the matter, baby? No. Everything is perfect. Ah, sorry. I was just feeling a little nostalgic. Are you crying? Uh, I'm going to get ready for work, okay? Sure, honey. Michael and I have to get going soon. Of course. I'll see you when I get off work, okay? I'll have dinner ready by 6.30, okay? Love you guys. Love you too. Michael, tell your father you love him. Love you, Daddy. Jerry went upstairs and into the bedroom. He pulled the device the vagrant had given him from his pocket. He looked at its clunky design. He slipped the device into the bottom of his sock drawer, then covered it up. Just in case, he thought. He stopped to take one last look around the room. He tried to place it deep in his mind. Unlike Bill and Annie's room, there existed the faint odors of their day-to-day -day routines. He could almost see the years of movements trapped within the walls. What were these memories if not real, he wondered. His heart felt heavy. He quickly made his way out of the house. 
far too late to continue. Goodbye, Bill. Jerry looked around the parking garage. He kept imagining Jeff's final moments. A rage ignited within him. Jeff shouldn't have to die for nothing, he thought. Jerry? Karen gave him a warm smile. Jerry returned the expression. You're looking good. Thanks. I feel a lot better. Say, uh, I was looking around the office and noticed there's no Jeff. He didn't get fired, did he? Not that I'm aware of. No. He running late or something? I don't know. No one's called yet. Strange. I thought you hated Jeff. Hate is such a strong word, Karen. Don't you think? When it comes to you, I guess it is. Say, Karen, uh, do you think we could go over the reviews? I have some questions. Oh, really? Like what? I was afraid maybe they went a little bad, and I just wanted to ask if we might talk about them in your office. Sure. Of course. Jerry followed Karen. He looked around the room for suspicious eyes or inquisitive stares. Everyone seemed fairly inane. Here we go. Have a seat. I'm fine. Okay, so what did you want to know? What in the hell? Shut up and listen to me. I know this office is a sham, and I know you know it too. I'm screwed. I've come to accept that, but I want some answers before they come to take me away. You're going to burn for that. You have no idea what you've just done. I said shut your mouth, you filthy bitch. Stop hitting me! What do you know about me? That you're a spineless little man with no hope. Your days are numbered. Everywhere you look, there's a dead end. Damn it! Let's try this again, okay? What do you know about me? (sighs) Well, for one, you're not who you think you are, Mr. Maggard. And? Look, I don't know what you think you know, but I'm not the type that's going to give you every answer you want just because you punched me in the face. I'm not usually in the business of hitting women, Karen, but for you, I'm making a delightful exception. You're a wormy little toad. A little speck on the windshield. You're never getting out of this office alive. You know that, right? Maybe. But I still would love to hear what you know. Like, what is this place? It's your funeral home, Maggard. God damn it! Do you think I'm joking around here? I'm off my meds, Karen. I can't be held responsible for the deplorable man that lurks beneath. Who knows what I'll do before this interview is over. So you better start talking. Now. Right, right. It's not like it'll matter anyway. You, Jerry Maggard, are a filthy spy. You came here with the idea of getting information. And you were caught. We've been using you ever since. The sad fact is, you're small fry. Avarice is a front. You're right about that. But the corporation behind it is very real. They've discovered something that'll change the world. And you? Well, you're just a test subject in their ongoing market research. Who's behind it all? You must be the dumbest spy in the world if you think I'll tell you that. You can hit me in the face. I will! 
will cut your little nuts off for this. Don't think I won't. I'll cut your nuts off and feed them to you. And you won't be able to do anything about it. Eh, we'll see about that. What about Jeff? <laughs> that moron? Well, I know he's dead. He died just like he lived, crawling around like a slimy little worm, pathetic and useless. It'll be your turn soon enough. <laughs> I'll give you this, Karen. You are one hard-ass bitch. Takes a woman to be a real man, Mr. Maggard. And by the way, you hit like a ten-year-old girl. This is fun, Karen. I never thought I'd say it, but you've got balls. Pansy! Is everything all right in here, Karen? Looks like your little coup is over. You better tell him to go away or I swear to God I will start gouging your eyes out. Karen, what's going on? It sounds like a war zone. I'm fine, Mr. Vaggart. I'm just redesigning. Now get back to work. Okay. Satisfied? Who's in charge here? Screw you! (laughs) Hmm. Well, well. What do we have here? Nice gun, Karen. Now, I think you better really start giving me some answers, or I'll shoot little bits of you off. What do you say about your middle finger? My boss is the man on the 13th floor. You'll never make it up there. Even I don't have the passcode for that. Let's find out. Call him. Eat me. Your thumb's next, lady. Put it on speaker. Hello, Miss Halstead. He's here. So you're the man in charge. If it isn't Mr. Maggard, it's so nice to hear your voice again. It's been too long. How have you been? Freaking great. And how about you? I can't complain. I take it you're ready to talk. You could say that. He's got a gun! <laughs> Please, Miss Halstead. Enough with the hysterics. Mr. Maggard is merely here to discuss old business. Mr. Maggard, I'd be more than happy to indulge you. Why don't you come up to my office? I'll be waiting. All right, Karen. Time to take a walk. The office had cleared out. Jerry walked Karen out in front of him, holding the gun to her head. Thirteen. Come on and quit dragging your feet. The lobby of the 13th floor seemed empty. Hello. You must be Mr. Maggard. We've been expecting you. I bet you have. Feel free to enter. She pointed at a heavy oak door. Jerry pushed Karen towards it. Hello, Mr. Maggard. I heard you had been sick. How are you feeling today? Cut the crap. I came here for answers. Of course you did. Take a seat if you like. I'll stand, thank you very much. I'd like to remind you I have a hostage. If you try anything funny, I'll blow her brains out. (laughs) No, Mr. Maggard, I wouldn't dream of trying anything funny. As far as Ms. Halstead goes, however, I hate to say it, but you don't have much of a bargaining chip there. So, 
Mr. Maggard. How can I help you today? I want to know everything. The ambitious type, aren't we? I figured as much. But the thing is, Mr. Maggard, I am not one for redundancy, and I believe we have been through all this before. I'm afraid it's below the both of us to keep on repeating ourselves. Unless, that is, you have some startling new view you wish to share. Don't you see I have a gun? I'm quite aware that what you have in your hand is, in fact, a gun. Yet from where I'm sitting, it looks rather pointless. As far as threats go, you'll have to do better, Mr. Maggard. I'm not afraid to take you down with me. I'm sure you're not. But there's a lot more going on than a gun can solve, Mr. Maggard. You see... This isn't quite as simple as you might think. The wall opened just behind the man. Jerry's eyes went wide. Jerry? Jerry, help! Please! Daddy! My God! As you may have noticed, Mr. Maggard, I believe that a gun is not always the most powerful weapon. Sometimes a man can stop a fight just by using the gentle art of persuasion. Jerry released his grip on Karen. His posture slouched. What do you say, Mr. Maggard? Why don't you drop the gun so that you and I can have a real discussion? Like two grown men. Or are you prepared to play this out? Jerry looked at the gun in his hand. It felt heavy and useless. Very good. So now let's start from the beginning, shall we? You see, once upon a time there was a little man pretending to be a spy. This man thought he could outsmart his enemies. He conspired, threatened, and lied his way into their ranks. But in the end, it was obvious he hadn't thought it all the way through. His enemies, being the misunderstood forces of good that they were, tried to help this poor spy when they could have just killed him. They gave him a job, a house, and a nice family. Sadly... They failed. The little rat's inner nature came out once again. All is not lost, however. We here at Metacorp believe in second chances. Jerry's heart sank as he watched Maggie cry. Now the story is at a crossroads, Mr. Maggard. Will this conspirator continue down his path of devastation and murder? Or will the good guys find a way to make him better? Tonight we find out... As the little spy meets the room without tears. Michael closed his eyes, squeezing tightly to his mother's hands. Whether they were family or not, Jerry knew he couldn't gamble on their lives. He let the gun fall to the floor. Do your worst. Do not worry for a moment, Mr. Maggard. We will. <laughs> 